your questions this morning 437-1620 if you have a question um, you're listening to news radio 92.3 informative local dependable it's pep talk i'm your host tammy martin and i have the pleasure of having jim brady the president of the francis weston audubon society and also lucy duncan who is a field trip chairperson this is a great morning i'm so excited to have y'all on we already have a few bird questions to get to um but jim give us a little background about the audubon society you bet thanks tammy the Francis Weston Audubon Society is a not-for-profit 501c3 organization dedicated to the study and conservation of birds and the habitat that supports them. We represent birders and bird lovers in Escambia and Santa Rosa County, and our membership numbers some 750 individuals and families. We are associated with the National Audubon Society and with our state organization, Audubon Florida, of which we are members, but we are independent of each of those organizations. Our name comes from an early student of local bird life, Francis Marion Weston, a native of Charleston, South Carolina, where he fell under the tutelage of several seasoned ornithologists. A graduate of the College of Charleston, Weston moved to the Chesapeake Bay area to work as a draftsman for the U.S. Navy before moving to Pensacola in 1916. Here, Weston became a birding icon, training generations of young Pensacola Boy Scouts who were seeking their bird life merit badge on the way to achieving Eagle Scout. I'd like to point out that Mr. Weston's first and middle name honor the great Revolutionary War leader in South Carolina known as the Swamp Fox, Brigadier General Francis Marion. A formal bird study organization, the Francis M. Weston Society of Natural History, was founded in 1946 by Weston and a group of his followers and later joined the National Audubon Movement as Francis M. Weston Audubon Society in 1974. This society, of which I'm currently president, has a board of eight elected members and appointed chairs of 10 committees. We meet as a society monthly from August to May, taking the hot summer months off, like most people do. (laughs) And we emphasize spring and fall migrations when we are visited by tens of species of birds who will be spending nesting season in the north. Those birds then return to Central and South America via Pensacola in the winter. In the winter months, we usually enjoy the presence of winter residents like various species of ducks who visit to take advantage of open water and available food. Thank you. You bet. I love hearing about the history of it. That's awesome. So we appreciate that. We're going to get to the questions because we have a few. I know I've been putting them off a little bit because we had the garden line. I'm going to get the gardening questions done before Mike had to go. All right. So a friend texted in, had a great Martin flock year before last, but this year, the transients moved in, and the martins never took up nesting in my box. I cleaned it out about five times during January and February, but the transient birds were relentless and actually would run my scouts off the box this year. That is a problem with our purple martin boxes that we do have. Uh, the big solution when other species are moving into our martin boxes is to move to gourds, and you can purchase plastic gourds that are easy to clean out Mm -hmm. and they do not have a perch on which the other species can sit 
Um, if your Martin box has got a ledge in front of the hole, or if it has a little uh, banister in front of the hole, that's just the perfect place for your transient, non-wanted birds to sit as they hop into the uh, hole to nest or to break up the eggs of the martins that are in the in the uh, martin house. The, uh, the martins are able to fly directly from the air into the hole without perching on the outside edge and that way they have access to it but the other birds do not. But um, cleaning out the house sparrows and the munias and the other birds like that that you don't want in the uh, martin house is really the only other way to deal with them. Okay, thank you. I, I'm, I'm learning so much. This is going to be a learning experience. It's kind of like Mike. I know nothing about anything until he came on. Now I know about Augustine, St. Augustine. So this is exciting, a learning about birds. So we had a friend text in, not good pick, but is this a godwit or type of rail was on Pensacola Bay? So I'm going to show them this picture and Hopefully they can give us an answer about that one. If you have a question or comment, 437-1620. We'd love to answer them this morning. You're listening to Pep Talk here on News Radio 92.3. Did we find an answer? Lucy yes. has it. It's a clapper rail. Clapper rails breed here in our marshy areas, and they can be found wherever you have an extensive marsh. Um, when Project Greenshores was built some years ago, uh, I told one of the biologists who was working on it, uh, she asked me, she said, when are we going to know if Project Greenshores is successful? And I told her, I said, when you have clapper rails breeding there. Amen. And just a couple of, oh, within two years, we could hear them calling from the marsh. Really? So that is a local breeder, and um, the downy young can occasionally be seen on the mud flats around there. And the downy young are jet black little fuzzballs, beautiful little things. <laughs> That's amazing. I had a friend text in and said I was hit by a vulture on Lillian Highway by the bay while I was riding my Harley. <laughs> Do we believe that? I don't know. <laughs> oh, yes. Maybe. It oh, could have been it. That's scary, though. Um, and then Lisa from Milton said, we have, we talked about this in the, the last half hour. She has three hummingbirds in the yard, um, but they're not touching the feeders. Any opinions about that? Well, that's really good because that means there's plenty of native food around for them to feed on. Okay. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, hopefully native plants um, and other other birds, I mean, other plants that have nectar-bearing flowers. The birds, the hummingbirds are going to go to the native plants first. They'll go to your horticultural plants next. And then when those are burned out and no longer blooming, they'll hit your feeders. Okay. So keep those feeders clean, and you'll have them visiting the feeders during the winter in particular. And think, go ahead. With all this heat, I think that people should change their uh, water in their hummingbird feeders more frequently than they have been, maybe every three days. You're absolutely right about that. It's important to keep the feeders clean, to keep the um, uh, mildew and algae that grows in there. It, it's important to keep that out. Um, a good way to clean your hummingbird feeders once you drain the yucky liquid out is um, just soak them in a little bit of uh, Clorox water. Use a small solution of Clorox and scrub it out with a um, brush if you've got that and shake it well and drain it, rinse it well, and refill it. If your feeder is getting too yucky too fast, fill it halfway, and then you don't have to do it um, quite as regularly. 
Awesome. Thank you for that advice. If you're just now tuning in, you're listening to News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. It's the Pensacola Expert Panel. I'm your host, Tammy Martin. I have the pleasure of having Jim Brady, the president of the Francis Weston Audubon Society, as well as Lucy Duncan. She's the field trip chairperson. And Lucy, we have another question, but I want you to tell me a little bit about what you do. Oh, I have the delight and pleasure of being able to plan outings for the chapter. And uh, I plan field trips to various different local places, uh, places that we can reach within a short range of our Santa Rosa, Escambia area. Uh, We visit Fort Pickens. We visit parks in Gulf Breeze and in Pensacola, uh, Big Lagoon State Park. We take a, an annual field trip over to St. Mark's National Wildlife Refuge south of Tallahassee in the Big Bend area of Florida. And um, we just we go to a lot of different places that have different habitats so that people are, have the opportunity to see a lot of different species of birds. Uh, we'll find beach nesting birds on the beach and marsh nesting birds um, are wintering birds there. Um, your oak woodlands are excellent for your migrants coming and going uh, in spring and in fall. And so as we explore the area, we hit lots of different habitats so that you have the opportunity to see a lot of different species. Very good. Thank you so much. That's got to be a lot of fun. Actually, Tammy, we have over 430 species of birds that, oh, have, wow. that have been documented and verified in the Pensacola northwest Florida area 430 of those about 125 of them nest here and those nesters once they're through nesting some stay and some go south okay can you tell me a little bit about some rare birds that maybe that are here in the other places sure some of the rare birds that we've had lately um, have been a great economic boost to the area actually Hmm. In March of 2017, a red-billed tropic bird was found over in Gulf Breeze at Shoreland Park. And this is a tern-like bird. It's basically white with some black markings on the top of the wings with long streamer tail feathers that are about, about 12 inches long and a bright red bill. And this bird was seen, well, by golly, we don't normally get those birds up here. So... We got the word out, and we had almost 400 birders that we know of who came from all over the southeast to see that. Normally, you would have to go all the way down to the Florida Keys to hope to see that species. But all of these people who came into town, even the former lieutenant governor of the state of Georgia, who was a bird watcher, he came three times he missed it the first two times he flew down here three times to see that bird stayed in motels people came into town they stayed in motels they bought i'm mind blown at this point and you name it <laughs> another bird that we had awesome. that was crazy was a south polar skewer this is a bird that should be down in antarctica down in mm-hmm. the georgia islands and um, that bird came around and gave us all quite a run for the money. It was found by some Audubon birders who were working for Florida Audubon doing shorebird surveys. They found it out on Perdita Key. They got the word out, and by the time people got to Perdita Key, the bird had moved, didn't know where it was, so dozens of birders locally were out looking for this bird. It's a large, gull-looking bird. Mm -hmm. It was a brownish bird with big 
white flashes on the wings. And it was found creeping its way west. It even went into Alabama, which thrilled Alabama birders so they could put it on their Alabama list. And it's now on the Alabama official list as well. Well, so as soon as people ran over to Alabama to see it over there, what do you think it did? It headed east again, found again on Pensacola Beach. Then it was found east of us here over at Fort Walton, then Destin, Panama City, last seen somewhere around Rosemary Beach as it headed east. But it gave quite a thrill for people. Um, What was it called again? That was a South Polar Skewer. You know, I, I always do this whenever uh, Mike's here. He always tells me these plants, and I have to Google them so I can see them myself. <laughs> so I always think it's fun to see them and what they look like. That sounds fun. And so how do you track a bird? Well, there are a lot of birders. Um, and so when we see a bird that is an unusual bird, uh, we will immediately put it on eBird, which is an application that comes out of Cornell University. Jim here is a uh, graduate of Cornell. Oh, wow. And uh, Cornell is one of the major universities doing ornithological research. Mm -hmm. And they have um, an application called eBird. And so we would report it on eBird. We would post photographs of it. And people can get alerts throughout the day or once a day, uh, whatever they wish. Of course, uh, another thing that we would do is we would put out an, alert, out an alert to local birders. Pick up the old-fashioned telephone, uh, <laughs> send a text message, and uh-huh. so forth. And so the word spreads very quickly. Uh, years ago, when a rare bird would show up, say, here in Pensacola, those of us in Pensacola would call the bird watchers over in Fort Walton. They would call the ones in Destin. Destin would call Tallahassee. Mm -hmm. And by the time... Like a bird phone chain. Yeah, it was a phone (laughs) chain. It would take a bit of a while. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about how we can get involved with the organization. They can go to fmwautobahn.org, and I've been there, and it has lots of great information. And is that where they sign up, Jim? There is an application form there that they can use... uh, <clears throat> that is to become a member of National Audubon Society. Okay. And automatically they become a member of our chapter as well. Uh, you can become a local chapter member. Uh, we only charge, I think, $7 instead of the 20 for National. Okay. Um, can you do that instead? Is it can. one or the other? You okay. can. Uh, it limits you. You don't get the National Magazine and, and mm-hmm. other uh, attributes of, of being a member of National. But you get our newsletter, and you get notice of all of our activities. One of the really great things, Tammy, is that you are welcome to come to our meetings and enjoy our programs without being a member. Of course, we will coax you to join (laughs) if you are enjoying it. And the same thing for our field trips. We also offer bird walks, which are shorter than field trips. And the bird walks are more designed for family groups with children, and they don't last quite as long as a field trip does and we also have one of our specialties is once a month we have a birds and brew outing on a sunday evening birds and brew that sounds fun oh it is fun and we do we usually meet in some place for example like seville square and we'll Mm -hmm. walk up to admiral mason park um, along the roadway and bird and then come back along the waterfront by green shores and come on back and then 
by golly, we find a local craft brewery and sit around <laughs> and visit and, and have a glass of beer and uh, enjoy visiting. So we I'm a, down. When is this? <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of fun. And you Sounds can like a great time. You can find all that information in our newsletter, okay. which is posted on the website and we also have all the activities posted on the website so your website is it the um, fmwaudubon.org or is it a different yes. one no that's it that's the same one okay that's, it. that's where they're going to get all their information absolutely yes, okay so fmwfmwaudubon.org is where you're going to get all the information um to see what they're what's going on the newsletter the field trips everything they have planned so if you would like more information head on over there again fmwaudubon.org i have jim brady the president of the francis weston audubon society and lucy duncan the field trip chairperson with us they are so knowledgeable about birds if you have a question or comment 437-1620 you're listening to news radio 92.3 informative local and dependable we have a little bit of time left so that's great we do have another question um do nighthawk return to the same nesting area that's a good question, and frankly, I don't know. <laughs> However, uh, that's where bird banding comes in, and uh, birds are banded in various different places. Uh, locally, there are no banders except for at Fort Morgan in spring and fall. And um, I don't know the answer to that, but we could look it up and find out. I do know that the nighthawks like to nest on rooftops, Mm-hmm. Downtown Pensacola rooftops is a good place. In fact, the corner of Palafox and Wright Street is a really good place to see them in the summertime at dusk, and you can hear them with the sound that they make, a kind of zzz, yeah. as they snap the wings. And um, at any rate, it's quite a wonderful bird to have. They like to eat bugs, lots of mosquitoes. and Oh, I'm going gonna, gonna to find one and come put it at my house. <laughs> That would be Do great. <laughs> Anything that eats mosquitoes, I'm down for that. So you bet. <laughs> um, I remember at my um, house one time, I have a lab, and there was a bird perched on our roof, and it was a little aggressive, and it would like come down and swoop down around the dog, around our dog. Mockingbird. What yes. was it? Sounds like a mockingbird. Yeah. And my dog would just bark and bark, and it was just it was kind of funny to watch. I mean, it never hurt our dog, but it was like a little angry bird up there. Yeah. Mockingbirds are extremely territorial, and uh, they'll stake out their claim in the backyard or on a rooftop, uh-huh. and any other birds coming around in their territory, they'll chase it off, and that that goes for cats as well mm-hmm. as dogs and uh, even kids that get too close to their nests. Do you think they actually would hit them? Oh, with- yes. Yes? Oh, yes. So do you feel like a mockingbird's like one of the most aggressive birds, one of the more aggressive birds in Pensacola, or are there other ones? That's a good question. I would say it's probably the most obviously aggressive bird. Yeah. yeah. Other birds are going to uh, stand back and they're going to squawk at you or, or okay. fuss, but they are not going to attack you. Oh, there's one other bird that will definitely swoop down and attack you, and that's on the beach. The least turns, the smallest turn that we have. This is an endangered or threatened species. It's mm-hmm. that beautiful little white turn, black cap, and a two-tone bill. And they nest right flat on the beaches over mm-hmm. at Pensacola Beach. And um, if you get near their nests, they will swoop down and they will attack you. <gasps> and uh, they will even go after bike riders on the road. On the really? Road. Oh, yes. 
And well, uh, what do we do about those? <laughs> just avoid them. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. Just try so not to can, wreck. That's all. Leave them alone so that they can breathe in peace. Jim, what do you think the most popular bird in Pensacola is? The one you're looking at, I think. <laughs> That's probably the right answer. Is there uh, a bird that everyone just loves and looks for? I, I think most of us have a favorite bird. You just each and, have a favorite one. What's Lu- yours, Lucy? Well, definitely the Carolina Wren. It's here year-round. It's antics as they come up on our porch and they get into the screen porch and they eat the spiders that get up in the roof in the ceiling and oh, that's a beautiful and, bird and it's a beautiful little bird carolina wren and it has a joyful song and uh, it uh it's ubiquitous here in the pensacola area and it's here year round what about you jim well my favorite bird is the barred owl uh it's been my favorite bird for a long time uh say what I, its I, name is barred b-a-r-r-e-d okay. owl yeah they live in woodlands uh, usually near creeks or bodies of water mm-hmm um, so we don't see them very much. We may hear them oh, before we see them. Beautiful! Wow, um, that is really cool. Yeah. Who cooks for you? Who cooks for you all? <laughs> Lucy can actually make the sounds. I just say what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, we do have a great resource here in Pensacola. If you want to know what birds are here in the Pensacola area, we do have a book, "The Birds of Escambia, Santa Rosa, and Okaloosa Counties, Florida." with bird migration, weather, and fallout. My husband has studied uh, bird, uh, he has studied migration as well as the weather and how it dovetails with the migrants for many years. And so this is really two books in one. It is available locally uh, from Halls Hardware. It's available also from Ace Hardware in Gulf Breeze. Um, And it has a list, it has all the birds that have been seen and documented in the Pensacola area. It has bar graphs that show you when they occur, and it is a good help. Um, People who are interested in that book could contact somebody with the chapter, and someone in the chapter would know. Um, If anybody is interested in the book, um, the book is $16, of which $5 will go directly to the chapter, and so they are available. Very good. Awesome. And if you need more information, it's fmwaudubon.org. That's fmwaudubon.org. We are speaking with Jim Brady, the president of the Francis Weston Audubon Society, as well as Lucy Duncan, who is a field trip chairperson. They have some amazing field trips that they do. Look at bird watching. Um, and drinking beer after, I think, is great, too. So <laughs> it's oh, always yes. great. Oh, yes. uh, we have had a great morning with them. If you have a question, comment 437-1620. So real quickly, Jim, how long have you been doing this, been in the bird business? Um, I started watching birds at my next-door neighbor's picture window when I was seven. Um, so a minute. My mother minute. said, we're going to compete, and she put up a bird feeder in our window. And so I've been watching birds since 1952 you weren't supposed to tell us how old you are jim (laughs) it's the radio they can't see you it's okay (laughs) that's great a long time since you were little you've had a love for birds since you were little absolutely real quick lucy what about you oh i've been an actual bird watcher since 1967 but a bird lover long before that amazing it has been a pleasure having you both on thank you so much for joining me i love learning all about it we have a fox news update coming by coming 
Okay, Brain, work with the mouth. We have a Fox News update followed by a local news update in the newsroom. But coming up, we're going to talk about Sportsman's Night Out.